This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone. Today I'm chatting with Sharon McMahon, who is the mastermind behind the Instagram account Sharon Says So, where she tackles tough government questions with nonpartisan facts. She has over a decade of experience in government and law education and is passionate about teaching others to recognize bias and empower them to feel less overwhelmed and more informed along the way. She also teaches live workshops online called Government for Grownups, and she also has a podcast coming out in May. I am really excited for today's topic on confirmation bias and how to spot bias and misinformation in the news and on social media. I even took a few tips out of today's episode for myself, so I hope it's helpful for you as well. Here we go. All right. Good morning, Sharon. We are very excited to have you. Good morning. Thanks for inviting me. So we have, we're chatting, uh, let's see, last week about a few things and someone had recommended your saved highlight and it was about confirmation bias and fact versus lies. And it was so good. Mm. (laughs) And I loved it so much that I said, you know what? Sharon needs to come on the podcast and (laughs) tell us all about this. Yes. Yes. So I am just really excited to, to talk about this today because the the media now is is very oh my gosh it's it's very overwhelming for a lot of people for so many different reasons and i think it can be overwhelming because we don't know what is true and what's not true and what's let's see what is true but what's you know being over overridden by a by an opinion you know mm-hmm. and so i think this is going to be really helpful for people and be like oh yeah okay that makes a lot of sense sure so if you don't mind kind of talking i love how you talked about in your in the the saved highlight that you were going through different news sources on a daily basis that were you know far left or far right or center and you know you make sure to make to be knowledgeable in in all the news sources and gathering information from everywhere so you're not just fully focused on just something that's you know too far right or too far left. And so if you could go over that that would be great to start us off. Yeah. Well, listen, I I mean I have four kids. I get that not everybody has hours a day to read the news. You know what I mean? Like I fully acknowledge that, that, and that is not a requirement to be an informed citizen. It's not a requirement that you read three hours worth of news sources a day. But one of the things I find very interesting to do is see how various news sources from a variety of different perspectives cover the same story. Then when you're talking about covering the exact same story, it becomes very easy to see the bias of the various news sources. Yeah. And I think one thing that's important to note is that there isn't one unbiased news source mm-hmm. and then everyone else is lying. Okay? Right. That is not the standard. It's not like Fox is telling the truth and everyone else is lying. It's not like CNN is telling the truth and everyone else is lying. Bias is not synonymous for lie. Bias does not mean lie. Sometimes bias can cross over into untruth. That is true. But generally speaking, bias is how you interpret a set of facts. It's the language you use surrounding a set of facts. So just to give you a a recent example, let's talk about the Derek Chauvin verdict, where he was convicted of three different counts 
that's those are the facts. He was convicted, right? That's the fact. All of these different news sources report that fact. But then how you choose to interpret those that fact demonstrates your bias. So perhaps a news source talks about how this is one step in the right direction for racial justice in this country. That demonstrates the lens, the bias through which that news source is interpreting that fact. Perhaps you chose to, you read a news source that talked about how this couldn't be a fair verdict because the jurors felt intimidated by potential riots. They felt rioting, hanging over their heads, and they felt forced to convict. Those are the bias that that's evidence of bias on both sides of those that story but the fact is that he was convicted of three counts does that right. make sense people yeah. often just think bias means well they're so biased they're just liars no they're actually re- reporting the fact but then the way that they present the fact the language they use the adjectives they use that demonstrates their bias so that that one of the things that is important to know is that everyone has bias yeah. everyone does bias does not is not necessarily a negative thing it can be it can be negative but a bias is just a shortcut in our brain it is a way for our brain to uh, make decisions quickly it is a way for us it's just pattern identification if you think back to people who you know, uh, hunter gatherers or people who lived, you know, in um, wilderness areas, you needed to see a grizzly bear and immediately be like, <laughs> I am getting the heck out of here. That that's a bias against bears. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is just your brain recognizing that pattern. You don't have time to spend an hour analyzing the situation. Right. So we all have bias and it's important to know what ours are so that we can work to counteract them when it is necessary to do that. Right. And I do think it's so necessary to do that, right? To become an educated individual, right? So like if my opinion is X, Y, and Z, and someone completely disagrees with me, and I think this is part of, especially with social media, right? Where mm-hmm. where somebody will say, you know, they'll state a fact, but of course with a bias, which, mm-hmm. which I do many times with a lot of the things I talk about when it's related to COVID and the COVID vaccine and things like that. And, Mm -hmm. but you know, when someone presents me with information, they're like, well, you know what, have you thought about this? And it's something completely that I wouldn't, I would just, I look at it and I'm like, Ooh, I don't like that. But you Mm -hmm. know what? We need to have this discussion because you're coming to me with information that I find interesting. I don't like it, but we need to venture down this road together to figure out you know, to further, you know, our, our knowledge, right. And to respect each other and say, listen, this is what I know to be true. This is what you know to be true. Where can we find some middle ground with this? Can we both maybe learn something right about what we're both presenting to each other? And so I, I just want, that is something I feel like needs to be taught, right. And, And everybody that uses social media, because it is so hard these days with, with, everybody coming at each other with their opinions, whether it, you know, it's about COVID or it's about something completely different. I just feel like we would be so much better off if we could actually listen to each other and say, listen, and you know what, that conversation might end with, we completely disagree, right? We are never going to get to that same end point and we might not even find middle ground, but I can still respect you as a human being, right? I mean, what a boring world it would be if we were all like, oh, I agree with you. Yes, <laughs> that is boring. To talk about it's like right. what? Right. That com- I completely agree. Listening to only your same opinion echoed back to you all day long is not interesting. Mm-mm. It's not interesting to no. be to have the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with that. Oh, me too. I agree with that. Okay. Well, thanks for coming for coffee. We all agree. Yeah. Perfect. Bye. Yeah. You know that's not interesting. And frankly. No one would be learning anything in right. that scenario. And right. how learning, do you grow? Right, precisely. You need to be able to listen to new information, listen to learn instead right. of listening to respond. That is right. the difference. It's the difference in mindset. It's too often 
we listen to respond. We're listening for like, I'm listening for an opening. I'm listening for something I can, I know that I can prove you wrong about. And I'm going to jump in as soon as possible to respond to why you're wrong instead of listening to learn. Listening to learn doesn't obligate you then to come to the same conclusion as the other person, but you will learn something by listening to somebody's viewpoint that is not your own. That is an incredibly valuable intellectual exercise to listen to understand where somebody else is coming from. Oh my gosh, I really love this. Oh, this is so good. (laughs) I mean, I could even use this in my own life though. I mean, I feel like we do this on a daily basis. My husband says something to me. I don't like it. I'm not listening to the rest of it. I'm just waiting to say, hey, just take out the trash, you know, whatever it is like, well, we got to go pick up the kids. So, you know, this is something that I'm sure the majority of people listening to us do on a daily basis, whether it's with somebody that we disagree with or somebody, you know, that we're just having a regular conversation with, oh, I I can't wait to tell my story on this, you know, but you're not actually listening to their story about it. And wow. Okay. So I actually, that would be a really great exercise for everybody listening today. If you just, you know, have a conversation with somebody, whether you disagree or not, just taking a moment and saying, I am listening to every single second of what this person is saying. And then I will decide what I want to respond with. Mm -hmm. Because I do feel like that when you're in the middle of a conversation, it's like, oh, I want to tell her this. Oh, I got to say this. Oh, And it's like, instead of listening, you're, you're preparing your Your own remarks. Yes. Yes. You're preparing, (laughs) preparing your own remarks. Yes. 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 Oh, that's so good. And this is, this is hard to do. It's not something you're going to just be be able to just say, well, I've decided that's how I live my life now. It is a practice. It's something you can get better at. It's something you will always have to work towards, but you can get better at it. It does get easier. It's something that therapists refer to as discomfort tolerance. Yeah. Your ability to sit with that feeling of of being uncomfortable listening to something you don't agree with. It feels uncomfortable because we really, our brains strongly prefer the ease of listening to things we already agree with, that our brains have a strong bias towards that. So it feels uncomfortable to be like, I do not like any of the words coming out of your mouth. And who likes to be uncomfortable? I mean, nobody. Right. Uh, Have you actually, have you read The Coddling of the American Mind? I, it's on my bookshelf. I need to start it. Yes. Yeah. Because this very much reminds me of that book and how, um, you know, they talk about the different generations and how the generations are becoming a little bit more uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. (laughs) You know, and it's really, really good. I think you would really like it. I bet I will. I know I would. Yes. Yes. You know, when we, we look back to, of course, I talk a lot about government on my account. And when we look back to even the beginnings of this country, we look back to George Washington. He very much valued differing opinions. He purposely put people in his cabinet that had wildly different viewpoints because he found that valuable. He found it valuable to hear more than one viewpoint on a topic. You know, like if you've seen the musical Hamilton, you remember how much Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton hated each other. They really did in real life. They hated each other in real life. And they were both part of Washington's cabinet because he valued their, the diversity of viewpoint. That diversity of viewpoint actually, it, it very much improves our own intellectual development. We cannot just, you know, like you think about baby toys, they're very Mm -hmm. simple. They're very like, yeah, this, this thing goes click. You move this little thing back and forth. If that was all we ever did for the rest of our life, we would remain in that level of development. We need to, to learn and do increasingly more challenging and difficult things to continue to grow intellectually. Yes. A hundred percent. So, so good. So kind of going back to the news media sources. Mm-hmm. So how, okay. So I know you said there is no unbiased news source, right? right? Right. So what is the best way for someone who's listening, say they want to learn more about, let's use something recently. Let's use uh, J and J deciding to halt 
their vaccine to look more into these six individuals that developed these these dangerous blood clots. Sure. Now, how would you suggest that somebody goes about looking up news media sources related to that one topic to make sure that they're getting the overall view of every viewpoint. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. This is such a great question because so often people ask me, and I bet they ask you too, like, how am I supposed to decipher all of this incoming information when I am not a trained scientist, when I don't understand the statistical analysis of this topic? I don't understand how epidemiology works. The world is full of fake experts right now. Yeah. Right. I, I I know you're tired of fake experts. <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> I am. I'm tired of fake experts because oh. real experts know the limitations of their own knowledge. Mm-hmm. Real experts know how to say, you know, yes, we talked about this. I look to you as much more knowledgeable about medical topics than me. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. my expertise in government topics is greater than yours. Yeah. You reading an article in Newsweek doesn't suddenly make you an expert on this topic. Right. And me reading an article in the USA Today doesn't make me an expert on COVID vaccines. So I think one of the things that's important to do is once you know more about the bias of your news sources. Let's say you strongly prefer to read MSNBC. You like it. You love the way that it just every day you read it, it feels good to you. Mm -hmm. If you know that MSNBC is a left-leaning news source, perhaps you can make a concerted effort to see how are other news sources presenting this same information. So that would be one way to do it is to purposely engage in the intellectual exercise of looking at information that does not align with your already held viewpoint. It is hard to do. It is hard to do. Yes, it is. You know, it's hard to be like, oh, I'm going to eat this food that I don't like the taste of. That's kind of what it is like. Like this is disgusting and I'm eating it because it's good for me. And I know I don't like it. Yes. I know I don't like it. So that's one thing. And then another thing is being able to identify who are the experts on this topic? And not every expert is going to hold the same opinion, but generally speaking, when you're talking about, say, a science-related, a science-related topic, there is consensus among trained scientists. Now, is there variation with, within the viewpoints? Sure. Some scientists might lean slightly more towards giving this information. Another doctor might say this. But generally speaking, people who are true experts in a topic, they are able to evaluate the incoming information more easily, more appropriately than somebody who does not actually have any training in that. For me to pretend after reading a couple of news articles that I understand epidemiology, that is, that's narcissism, Mm -hmm. right? Like I don't have a PhD in that. I don't, I don't have, I don't even have one college class in that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm not an expert just because I read some articles, reading some articles does not make you an expert. Right. So being able to identify who is qualified to help me better interpret this information. I find that very useful. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And you had shared, I'm going to, I'm actually going to have you send it to me. Do you know who posted that originally that there was like a slide you had posted and it had all the different news sources and it had whether they're usually more left or more right or center. Yes. Who was that by? It's from allsides.com. Okay. Allsides. Yes. And, and is allsides, I think you had mentioned that that's a relatively, you know, unbiased place to go. Is that, am I? Yeah. So what allsides does, they have people on their staff that are from all the different political, from all ranges of the political spectrum. Okay. And their goal is to help people not exist inside their own confirmation bias, that these mm-hmm. echo chambers of information can actually be dangerous. So they do not create news articles. What they do is they aggregate news sources from all across the spectrum and they will present a topic on from a left perspective, a center perspective, and a right perspective. And so it is a great place to go for, let's say you want to learn more about the, the pause in the J and J vaccine. It will, it demonstrates to you 
how the news sources are covering the same topic. And it really allows it de- it really allows you to see how the bias of your preferred news sources. I really I think that website is useful. That's that's really awesome. Are there any other ones that you know of that are that are helpful like that off the top of your head? Yeah, there are a few Instagram accounts that, you know, All Sides has has an Instagram account called All Sides Now. I really like following them. And there's let, let me, I will send you a, a list that you can post in the show notes of like, check these out. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So I have a bunch of questions from the community that are so great. Okay. Is there anything else that you think that we should dive into before we go into the the questions? What do you think? Let's see where the questions land, and then I will fill in any gaps at the end. Okay, perfect. Okay, so the first question, I'm going to... these These are quoted. I mean... This is not, I'm not adding anything into these. These are quote, end quote from, from people from my community. So, okay. So who holds the media accountable for not lying versus bias? Because some of them do lie. End quote. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them do lie. Okay. So this is the way the American legal system works or the American, you know, this is the way our system is set up. And a lot of people have frustration with the way the system was designed, but also remember the system was designed in 1787 and much of it has not changed since then. So this is truly the way the framers intended it, which is the, the, the accountability comes from the people. And so when a news source is posting false information, the accountability comes from the person that the false information was posted about. The accountability comes from the, maybe the organization that the false information was posted about. And it also Mm -hmm. comes from the readers. And that could be from a legal perspective of a lawsuit. It could be from the readers saying, this is not okay with us. Don't do this anymore. I'm canceling my subscription. But that is the way it works. There is not a I mean, there is an oversight governmental body that is supposed to make sure that people are not posting false and misleading claims, but that has a lot more to do with advertising than it does with news reporting. So, you know, like sometimes companies have been hit with false advertising claims for say, for claiming health health benefits to a product that actually has no demonstrated scientific health benefit but that's related to the advertising of the product and not what is being reported by you know CNN right yes so it's it comes from the individuals the organizations and the viewers or readers excellent that makes sense Okay, this is a this is a really good question. I'm not sure it has a great you know a, a specific answer. <laughs> We're gonna dive down this one. Okay, how do we better control misinformation on social media? <laughs> <laughs> we wave our magic oh, wands. <laughs> yeah, if only. I mean, yes. there is a little cute button at the top, right? Yeah. It has three little dots. It says "report misinformation." Yes. I mean, what else? I really think it is incumbent upon each of us. This is, I feel very passionately about this, that it is all of our jobs, not just the jobs of people in the media. It is all of our jobs to be accountable for what we post and repost. Yes. If you do not have the ability, time, or desire to adequately vet information before posting it, you should not repost it. If you do not have the ability to look at this study and interpret the data, because you have training, appropriate training to do that. If you cannot identify the primary source of the information, if you are just like, I don't know, I don't want to deal with this today. If that's where you're coming from, don't repost it. You are accountable. You are responsible to, just like you're responsible to not go in public and cough all over people when you have the flu or COVID, just like that's your responsibility to not do that. 
it is it is your responsibility to not engage in reposting information that you don't have the ability to appropriately verify. A hundred percent. And you know, I'm gonna give just a quick great example of this because I've been living this this week. So yes. there was an article, I'm not even going to get into it. I'm just going to get into specifically this conversation. So there was an article about face masks mm-hmm. that went out this week and the author had claimed to be associated with Stanford Med. And so, you know, we all went down this rabbit hole. Many, many, many people reshared this saying, we don't, see, we don't need masks. And then lo and behold, we found out. And actually Stanford Med put out a post, let's see, it was 18 hours ago, saying this gentleman has absolutely no affiliation. And so all of these people that reshared and said, hey, look at this article. Well, the first thing wrong with the article is that the person that claimed to be affiliated with Stanford Med isn't actually affiliated. So that's just a good example of saying like, hey, someone sent me this wild article. It's going against what everybody else is saying. How can I fact check this? Mm -hmm. How can I find out the, you know, is this person really affiliated with Stanford? Am I reading this article and do I really know what it's saying and how to interpret it? And then, you know, my responsibility as a citizen who's putting out information into the world, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people are seeing, you know, it's my responsibility to say, hey, listen, if I don't know, if I don't know if this is true or if this is going to maybe be harmful in some way, Maybe I won't share it until I do have that, you know, information at my disposal, you know? And so that's just a really good example of something that's been going on this week and kind of unraveling day by day, you know, every day we're finding out, oh, wait, once you actually read through this entire, you know, hypothesis, you're finding out that, oh, wow, there's a lot of grammar and spelling mistakes in here. Mm -hmm. And did people actually read all the way through? Like, do we actually think that there would be a research study that was published on NIH that, you know, had all of these things in it doesn't really quite add up, right? So then you're like, oh, okay, wait, let me look, dig deeper, dig deeper, dig deeper. But a lot of people don't want to do the work and, or, you know, they're saying they did do the work, but you know, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Just if you're going to share something, just make sure that you're able to follow it as far as you can and that you are somebody that feels confident that you do know that you've fact-checked this as much as humanly possible. Right. And that that's a great example, Lindsay, of how it would have been easy to even fact-check the author. Right. Did anybody right. actually go on the Stanford Health website yes. and see does this person actually work here? That should be that then okay, we're done talking. We're done. We're and done you know talking. What's so interesting is that so I had mentioned so it was over the weekend I got a, a you know a bunch of emails and messages about this this article, right? And this happens with every every new thing that's coming out, you know, uh, on a daily basis. Yes. So it's hard to keep up, but this was the thing this week. And so on Monday I had mentioned it and somebody right away said, Hey, I work for Stanford. I tried to look him up. I can't find him anywhere. Right. I said, Hmm. Interesting. interesting." Mm -hmm. And like you said, you don't even have to be, she did it. She looked him up through the internal database, but I'm sure, I'm sure you could do some little quick Google searches looking for that gentleman, seeing where, you know, I mean, absolutely. So Yes. You don't even, are you, even as a lay person, not qualified to, to give medical advice mm-hmm. like me, even I could easily look up that information and right. be like, mm, something's not adding up here. I don't see him as an, as a, an, a researcher as even as an employee. Yeah. Yes. Of course. And I, I do. And just to kind of like play devil's advocate to all of this and listen, I know that people are exhausted. I know all of this, you know, specifically with this COVID, you know, the pandemic and the COVID vaccine and, and know it all sucks. And I think part of it is that, gosh, do we all wish that masks didn't have to exist anymore? Yes. Of course we do. So yes. we see an article like that and we're like, see, see, we don't have to. And I get that. Listen, I get that at such a deep serious level from somebody who's been wearing an N95 since last year. And I wasn't even wearing it nearly as much as my husband who was working every day. Right. (laughs) I don't even work nearly as much as he does. And 
I swear this is why I have such bad TMJ, but that's a totally different story. Wearing a mask, like literally. Anyways, I want them gone too. Everybody does. We don't like them. They're terrible. You know? And so when you see an article like that, you're like, oh my gosh, yes. 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 I want this to be true. I right. want this article to be true because I don't want these anymore. I get it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We this one of the things that I like to say is that facts don't require your approval. Something is not true because you want it to be, and it's not a lie because you don't like it. That is not the standard. And so it is, though, our brain's default setting to be to exist within that confirmation bias. This is a very, yes. very well documented through many studies, very well documented phenomenon that our brain naturally seeks information that validates what we already believe. And so we already believe masks suck. I'm done wearing these, (laughs) done wearing these. So we, we naturally want to gravitate towards information that supports that, that already held belief. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so, you know, I, I do, I do understand all of that, but am I going to go share that without fact checking it and saying, Hey, you know, every, every person I know, every person that's in the medical field or the scientific field has been saying, you know, masks, masks, masks. That's one person. I have no idea who they are. I have no idea what their history is or what they're qualified to say or not say he's saying no masks. I'm going to share this everywhere. We don't have to wear masks anymore. And it's like, what? Why is he the, why is he the gatekeeper? Why is he, you know, like this, this speaks to this, uh, the rise of conspiracy theories in the United States. Mm-hmm. The idea that there is one person with the secret truth. Yep. One, expert. one, one, one individual with the secret truth. And then when you actually go to look, are you, are you even who you say you are? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So guess what? Your truth has no credibility with me. Right. Because you're, you're not even who you claim to be. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. So let's see. Best tip for debating someone who refuses to see logic or facts. <laughs> the best <laughs> tip is to not do it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, run. Like yeah. that's how I feel sometimes, you know, and I'll, I'll start conversations with people and I'm like, Ooh, this one's, Oh, this is a lost battle. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. I gotta go, <laughs> you yes. know? And yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, like we've had this conversation too before, like where we were talking about a different situation, not related to masks or COVID or anything like that, where yeah. you were like, honestly, this sounds like somebody, this sounds like a patient in the ER that has paranoid schizophrenia that I would be like, we need a psych eval for this person. So you cannot use reason and logic to argue somebody out of an opinion that is not based in reason and logic. Correct. This therein lies the frustration <laughs> where you're like, here are some facts. And the person is like, I no. don't, I don't exist in a fact-based reality. Right. 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 So th- it, it is frustrating. I, I completely agree. I would love everybody to be based in fact and reason. Trust me. That's what my preferred reality. So this is my this is my guideline. Is the person that you are speaking with interested in hearing what you have to say on this topic? Or are they interested in arguing with you? Yes. Are they yes. open, open to new information? Are they open to viewpoints they had not considered? Because if they aren't, you arguing with them. Again, this is demonstrated in studies. You arguing with somebody who is not operating in, in the same uh, reality that you are, who has these deeply held beliefs to which they have an emotional connection, mm-hmm. you arguing with them will have the opposite effect. It will right. drive their beliefs yes. deeper yes. into their emotional, like their their emotional connection to those beliefs will be will be strengthened. So if they are not in the in the headspace to be able to say, huh, you know what? That is very interesting. I had not thought of that. If that is not where they are able to come from, this, this idea of I can entertain new information, then it is it will have the opposite effect. So when I say don't do it, that's where I'm coming from. Like actually your best bet is to 
try to maintain a relationship. This is assuming you know the person and have a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. To maintain the relationship to the extent that it is safe to do so. I don't advocate for people staying in abusive relationships. And then be there when the person asks for a hand to to get themselves out of this situation. Be sitting on the edge of the pool when somebody swims to the edge and needs help getting out, climbing out of the pool. Mm-hmm. That is a much better position to take than screaming at them about why they need to get out of the pool right now. Right. It just goes against our human nature, which I fully understand and I, I relate to. Yes. And I do feel though that you're, you know, in the early on in that conversation, you're going to know, right, which direction this is going. And Absolutely. You can just shut it down. Yes. It's not worth your time. Yeah. And I, and I know that it can be very difficult, you know, if some of these people probably have close, you know, family members or friends. Right. And I know this, this past year has been really difficult as far as that goes, because some people are like, well, I've lost really close family members or friends to a disagreement about, you know, X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, that's a really, really good piece of advice that you gave. So, all right. Um, we, we already touched on like the most truthful news source, which, you know, I mean, there isn't one, right? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some news sources have a strong bias, but they also have strong fact checking. They have strong fact-based information. And some news sources have a strong bias and a low relationship with the facts. Mm. So again, bias doesn't equal factfulness. Yes. You can have a strong basis in fact, and also a strong bias. There is a media chart at, I don't know how to pronounce the name of this website, but it's spelled A-D-F-O-A-D, it looks like ad fontes, F-O-N-T-E-S, and it's a Latin word. Okay. So A-D-F-O-N-T-E-S.com. And they have a media bias chart that doesn't just show the bias of the media, it also evaluates the media source's relationship with the facts. So there are some media sources that strong bias, also strong relationship with the facts. Other media sources, strong bias, very, very casual relationship with the facts. So that's so interesting. Do you make sure that all of your news sources have obviously a, you know, they'll be biased, but they have a high relationship with, with the facts. So do you make sure that like you have one of those from each category? I think it's, I think it's super useful to at least be aware of, wow, I didn't realize that this website is just basically reposting memes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or I've never liked reading them because I've always perceived that they were too left or too right. But now that I know that they they actually try to be very factful. Maybe I will give it another look. Yeah, no, this is really this is really helpful. I mean, I, this is even news to me. So yeah. I think it's useful <laughs> to see where your preferred news sources lie on that spectrum. Yeah, very <laughs> useful. I'll definitely put that in the show notes too. All right. Are there any online sources to help teach kids about confirmation bias or the filter bubble? Hmm. Yes, there are. And I will, I'll send you some, some links because there are a few helpful websites that are mostly designed for classroom use, but are very helpful for parents too. I think it's great to start kids once they have reached the ability to sort of think critically and no one's expecting a three-year-old to think critically. But once you have reached the age of being able to independently evaluate information, I think it's useful to at least just have these casual conversations with kids about this topic so that they can grow up educated on this matter and not have to do all of this deconstruction as an adult. Well, and and I think it's, it's so important, right, to teach our children, not everybody will agree with you. And that is perfect. It's such a perfect opportunity to learn more yes. and to become a more, you know, a more educated person that can contribute to society, you know? Yes. And so, at, yeah, I mean, teaching them about this and then saying, hey, listen, when someone disagrees with you, entertain that. You yes. know, listen to everything they have to say and just teaching them exactly what we've been talking about today. Just teaching our kids to do the same thing. If you disagree about which game you're going to play, talk about it. I really want to play this because of this. 
and you really want to play this because of this, let's come to a middle ground. You know, this Mm -hmm. can start really early on with simple things like sharing a snack or playing a game outside, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a skill that needs to be practiced. Yes. It's a skill that must be practiced and it will be a daily practice as an adult as well. Yes, definitely. Okay. Let's see here. We touched on this. Maybe we'll just come full, full circle with it if you have anything to add. How do you find reputable sources? How do you weed out, you know, useless information? Yeah. So this is one, (laughs) this is a big one. I don't, (laughs) I don't rely on social media for my news. Amen. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, Studies show that most people are getting their news from social media now. Mm -hmm. And I think that that actually has really moved us mm. far down a field we don't want to be going down. Yes. We yes. need to stop relying on social media for news. And it's 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 one thing to follow, you know, let's say you want to follow NBC News on Instagram. That's a different thing than just relying on reposted information from your friends. Your friends are probably not in a position to independently evaluate everything Everything. they're reposting. Right. So stop relying on social media for news. Unfollow news sites, quote unquote, news sites that don't spend the time to fact check information. That unfollow sites that you find don't have a strong relationship with facts. (laughs) And stop. Stop believing everything you read on the internet. Stop believing everything you read on the internet because you like it. Yeah, because it it's what you want to. Because it's what you what you want to believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to believe that COVID isn't real. I absolutely. (laughs) Let's be serious. (laughs) Yes. Please sign me up. Where do we figure that out? Right. Right. (laughs) You know? Yes. I want to go back to eating in restaurants and not wearing a mask everywhere all the time. That is, that's the reality I prefer. It is. Yeah, me too. I mean, (laughs) bring it on. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. So how how to open minds of closed-minded people when it comes to bias versus unbiased news sources? And of course, we kind of discussed there isn't necessarily a completely unbiased news source uh-huh, uh-huh. necessarily. But how do you open the mind of someone who is completely... Actually, there's another question that kind of ties in with this. So I guess we could put them both together. So the other question is, how do I find a middle ground with parents who are very, quote, Fox News, end quote? So how to kind of... How to to talk to them in a way that says, hey, listen, maybe we could also read, you know, the other side of this story. Yeah. I mean, if it was... It's kind of like if we could just talk talk people into making good choices, if we could just talk people into uh, stopping harmful behaviors, if we, if if shaming people worked, it would be a very different world, right? If we could just be like, you need to stop smoking because it's bad for you and you're a bad person if you smoke. If that actually worked, I'm not saying you're a bad person <laughs> if you smoke, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it yeah. actually, if shaming people into submission actually worked, that would be a different story. We're still, too many of us are still stuck in this idea that shaming people into something is going to be effective. Right. So, and it's not, it's just not effective. So one of the techniques that I find very useful is instead of when somebody says birds are not real, birds are government drones and you know, you're, you're, you're deceived. You're, you're being tricked by the government. Birds are not real. Instead of being like, (laughs) are you crazy? I have 12 chickens in my backyard that are definitely real. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Instead of chuckling at how ridiculous what they're saying is, instead of making fun of them, instead of just immediately beginning to refute them, try getting curious about where they're coming from and ask them interview type questions about yeah. their belief system. Oh my gosh, that is a very that's really interesting. I would love to hear more about how you came to that conclusion that birds aren't yeah. real. Tell me yeah. more about that. And then politely listen to what they have to say. Well, here's this and this and this reason. That is so interesting. Okay, so from your perspective, X and Y and Z is happening. 
and the so much of it is the tone of your voice. Yeah. It's not what you say, it's how you say it, of course. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, people do not listen until they feel heard. Validated. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. to feel this is I'm sure you see this in the ER. I'm sure oh, yeah. you've seen oh, this in 100%. your you've seen this in your personal relationships that you need to yeah. listen to somebody's concern and be able to repeat back to them. So what you're saying is you're having upper right quadrant pain that began 36 hours ago and you have this and this and this. And the person can then say, yeah, that sounds right. Then the person feels heard and then they begin to trust that you have their best interest at heart and that you understand the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that you're listening. Yeah. And yeah. you're listening instead yeah. of just walking in and being like, you obviously need to stop eating Taco Bell eight meals a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's going to have what caused your gallstones. Right. Obviously. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So listening to understand and asking those kind of interview type questions in a tone of voice and in with right body language, facial expressions that demonstrate that you're listening and curious about where that belief came from versus immediately trying to just be like, you are crazy. Of course. Yeah. They don't want to listen until they feel heard. Human nature. That is such a great example because obviously working in an inner, inner city ER, I mean, over the last 13 years, we have all sorts of complaints that come in and you can't just walk in a room and somebody says something completely left field and you're like, <laughs> I'm going to discharge right. you. Right. It's like, <laughs> right. wait a second. You, you don't do that, right? You no. don't do that. And I will say though, that it is very difficult. You know, if somebody, of course I, I've done this to myself where a lot of people will come to my feed either to ask me questions about where, you know, a certain news article or study. But I also have a lot of people that come to me to uh, yell at me. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it is very difficult for me to do as you say, which is, you know, just listen. And so that is something, like you said, that's something that you practice. That's something that you get better at. And so while I'm extremely good at it when I'm at work, I am less good at it when I am uh, in the realm media. of on social media. Correct. Because yes. it is a, it's wild out there and it's not as... Let's see. It's it's just not. You're not a not paid professional, yes. right? You're not a paid yeah. professional uh, in the on Instagram the way that you are in an ER. It is it is easier in a professional setting to set aside your internal reactions to things and just evaluate it from the that you've been trained for for a long time. You've been trained to do this job, and and I also want to point out that when it comes to social media, you're not obligated to arrive at every fight that you're invited to. Right. You are not obligated to respond to every single person. You're not obligated to respond to every troll. You're not obligated to show up at every fight that someone invites you to. Because if you burn out, if you are if you're like, you know what? Light a match to this whole thing. I'm done. Then you're not actually benefiting anyone. Right. You have to protect your own your own energy and your own mental health surrounding these topics and understand that not every fight is a fight you can fight every day. Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. All right. Um, let's see, where are we? Whew. Our websites like, is it Snoops? Snopes. Snopes? Yeah. Snopes. Snopes. Okay. Are our websites like Snopes and PolitiFact reliable sources? I think what's important when you're looking at any kind of fact checking you know, like there's a ton of fact check websites, even, even larger news organizations like USA Today, APnews.com, they do fact checks on various topics. What's important is not to just accept their fact check as, as gospel. It's important to see, to look at the data that they are using to fact check with. So if somebody says, this actually is not real, this president has only issued for executive orders. Well, that's actually information you can look and see for yourself if that's accurate. Right. Right. So evaluate, not just, don't just accept anybody's word, evaluate the original source of the data. Yeah. And if they don't give it to you, then don't accept it. If they don't say, according to this government website that tracks these tracks these things, 
here's the information or according to this original, the originator of this study, here's what it says. If you can't verify the original source of the fact check, then it's not useful to you. Right. Exactly. All right. This is a really loaded question. Are you ready for this one? Yes. (laughs) All right. How do things like QAnon happen? (laughs) <laughs> that is a million dollar question they went there they went there i was yeah. i was going through the question i mean there was first of all there was there were so many questions but i was like oh i'm gonna throw this in here just to throw sharon for a loop <laughs> <laughs> so you know if you if you look if you trace the origin of almost any conspiracy theory r- throughout time and there have been many throughout time yeah. yes if you trace the origin one of the driving factors is societal discontent. Mm. Societal discontent is a driving force of of conspiracy theories. And so 2020 provided very rich soil for conspiracy theories to grow. The societal discontent, your brain automatically looks for somebody to blame. Yes. Our brains actually don't like to take responsibility for things. Yeah. We want to blame somebody else because that feels more comfortable. Yeah. So we're looking for somebody to blame. We feel discontent about something. Additionally, it gives us a sense of community to feel mm. as though we are the keepers of secret information. We are the keepers of the truth and everybody else out there is, doesn't know the truth and we can, you know, feel sorry for them. So it creates a sense of belonging to be in on the truth. And it also speaks to human nature when we are looking at issues of say tribalism, where humans tend to congregate with people that they believe are like them. It, again, this this is human nature. It's something that we should work to overcome. But human nature is to find people who think like us, look like us, act like us, and group ourselves with them mm-hmm. because that feels safe to our minds. Just like animals hang out with their own species, it feels safe. So it speaks to that sense of tribalism that I am part of this group. I identify with this group that knows the truth. So all of those things provide the the fuel for these kinds of things to grow. And then what what really lit the match to that fuel is social media and the viral nature of of misinformation. That all of those things coalesce into one phenomenon, one perfect storm. And, And then as more adherence as more believers come into the fold it caught you know this there's this also the psychological effect of bandwagon why what makes a movie a blockbuster what makes a book a bestseller everyone else is reading it mm-hmm. everyone else is watching it and it makes us want to be part of the group that knows how great that book is right and so when you see everyone else in your circle doing something, it makes you feel like, well, what am I doing wrong? What am I missing out on? What do they know that I don't know? And you want to join that group because that seems interesting or safe to you. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all of those things together. It's not one thing, but it's all of that together that coalesces into this perfect storm of massive conspiracy theory. Yeah. Now this question goes along with that and we'll probably end here. So (laughs) This person asked, how do we help friends who believe in conspiracy theories? So let's just, let's just say this, let's just say this, say I'm your friend, Sharon. Mm -hmm. And you know, I believe that the birds are actual, you know, they're government. government Yeah. yeah. Yes. What if I believe that? How would you help me? Yeah. That's really, (laughs) that's the million dollar question. Like I want to rescue you from your I want to rescue you from your misinformation. That's my natural inclination. And it goes back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, that the best tactic is to listen to understand, understand where they're coming from, ask them interview questions to better grasp their mindset. And then I like to say, what if you ask them the question, 
after you've listened to them, this is so interesting to me. How, how would you feel if I shared where I'm coming from on that, on that topic? Yeah. Yeah. And then their response will tell you everything you need to know. Their response will either be flippant and will be like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Or it will be like, actually, I would really love to hear what your thoughts are on that. That, that demonstrates an openness to hearing new information. If they are immediately defensive, if they are immediately flip, then you know they're not open to new information. Now, it doesn't mean that down the road, they won't they be. Won't be. Mm-hmm. But there in that moment, they might not be. And so remaining part of their life, remaining in the equation gives you more chance to influence them when they are ready to hear it than if you just cut them out of your life and say, you're crazy. You believe in all this garbage. We're done. Yeah. Then you have no ability to influence them ever in the future. Right. So maintaining that relationship, if it's safe to do so, and being there when they are ready to Again, sitting on the edge of the pool when they're ready to climb out, you can give them a hand. Way more effective than just beating them over the head with your facts and logic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, no, that's that's such a good analogy, the pool analogy. I love that. That's, that's huge. Do you think there's anything that we kind of missed along the way with everything this morning? Oh my gosh, we covered a ton of ground. We did. I I'm I am so excited about this. I I mean, I'm going to take some of the things we talked about today and apply them. So awesome. Yeah. yeah I just love the ideas that we stop getting our news from social media, yeah. that we look to people who are trained to evaluate information on the topic at hand, that we don't substitute our own over, you know, like we overestimate our own abilities. It's a hum it's human nature to believe we know more than we do. That we that we understand that about ourselves and ask, am I am I substituting my own fake expertise in this in this scenario? And why do I believe I know the truth and everybody else with massive amounts of training does know the truth? Right. Asking yourself those questions is yeah. it's an important first step. Yes, it is. Yes. Love it. Okay. I'm going to ask you two random questions that okay. I ask everybody that's on the podcast. Yes. Okay. The first question is, this is completely unrelated to anything. This can be any topic you want. If you yep. could give advice to moms, any advice at all, what would it be? My advice is that you are the expert on your own baby mm-hmm. and that you do not need to take all the advice from all the other moms who are experts on their own babies. And it, it give yourself permission to do what works for you and your family and your baby and your mental health and your lifestyle and all of those things. Yes. As long as your baby is or your children are cared for mm-hmm. and loved, mm-hmm. it is acceptable to say, Listen, I'm actually a really introverted mom who hates playdates. Yeah. I hate I hate having 12 kids over to my house. It makes me feel so anxious. I have a terrible time and then I snap at my kids later. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be the kind of mom who doesn't have 12 kids over for playdates all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Your children are not going to grow up and be non-productive members of society because you protected your own sanity and mm-hmm. your own yeah. mental health. And for some moms, that means my baby sleeps in my room with me until they're two. And for some moms, that means my baby sleeps safely in their own room down the hall. And both of those scenarios can result in your children growing up to be well-adjusted members of society. Yes, 100%. 100%. (laughs) All right. Last question is, what is one meal that you could make for your whole family that everybody would eat and that is quick and easy? Everybody in my house will eat scrambled eggs and Ooh, toast and fruit. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And you can have that. You can have that in lunch, 15 minutes. Breakfast. Oh, yeah. yeah, 100%. There's no reason you can't have scrambled eggs and toast and oranges for dinner. Now, do you just make scrambled eggs? Just like, do you add anything to them? Or do you just do, you know, a little bit of some oil and the eggs? Do you put like milk or I have heard some people put Sprite like some really random things. Yeah, some Sprite. really random things. <laughs> random things. My husband is an expert scrambled egg maker, and oh. he makes his with a little tiny splash of milk or water. I don't okay. know if the science behind that, but but he does usually put cheese in them yeah. when he's yeah. making them. Yes. But it's one of those things where it's like, 
make a giant pan of them and they're delicious and they're ready in, in under 15 minutes. Yeah. Put some salsa, put some ketchup. Put some That's right. Sauce. There's so many options. Everyone can have it how they like it. They're good yeah. at tortillas if you don't want yeah. to do bread. There's that's a true. big variety of ways you can, what you yeah. can do with scrambled eggs. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's the first time I've actually had that answer. So that's switches there up go. a little bit. Yeah, I scrambled like it. Scrambled eggs. Yeah. I like it. All right, Sharon. Well, it was awesome chatting with you. Yes. I hope that this was helpful for everybody. And yeah, I mean, I hope you have you. a great day. You too. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes on lindsayandco.com. To continue these important conversations, head over to Motherhood Meets Medicine on Instagram. Let me know what you learned from this episode and who you would love to hear from next. I always love getting feedback from you. If you're finding value in this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. This will help us to reach even more women from around the world. I'll catch you next week. Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.